0: Retro Hangover, supported via Patreon by listeners like you. We'd especially like to thank patrons Lyle McCarns, Ashton Ruby, Randall Quiggle, Tony G, Studstill Smash the Milkman, Katie Quigg, Paul Romalo, Raging Demon, JC, Megan Caruso, Mast Keaton, Andrew Liguori, Ozzy Garcia, The Retro Vixen, Adam from The Good, The Bad, and The Backlog, Thunderdome Gaming Society, Keith Gasper, Disc Mara, GC Freak898 The Saturnian, Dave Jackson, Eric Gask, and Rick Firestone. Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated.
1: Open your ears and crack some beers. You are listening to the most recent episode of Retro Hangover.
0: Welcome to the podcast where we swiftly shake, sinking synergy, synonymously saying sonic statements. This is Retro Hangover. I am your co host, Chris Copleen, with, as always, your host, Shane Miles Dick
1: Dragonski. I was half expecting it to be something about chili dogs. It kind of is. Is it already by default? I mean, ki- kind of, kind of. I, 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 I also was just waiting for the alliteration to slip in something about Sonic sucks in there. Like I just, it was, it was right there. It was right in front Don't of worry, us we'll the whole time.
0: We will get to that. <laughs>
1: oh, we will. Did we already give it away. Fuck. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody. Sonic's bad uh come back later when we do Sonic Adventure.
0: Welcome to the 30th anniversary celebration special of Sonic the Hedgehog 2.
1: <laughs> Speaking of which. Shit. Right. Yeah. 30 years of being a game. Anyway, um yeah, congrats to the fastest hedgehog alive.
0: Since Sonic Tuesday, it's been it's been a blast processing all the information that has been coming our way about sonic over the years but i will say that uh he certainly exists <laughs> he certainly is a hedgehog he's well not really <laughs> shit <laughs> i need a little bit more convincing on that uh, but i like i like sonic i hate i don't like shitting on sonic i like sonic one in three
1: i mean i like jaleel white's voice as sonic in the cartoon does that count <sighs> Yeah,
0: and. Uh I'll I'll be ordering a bunch of comics for you.
1: Oh, great. I can't wait. Yeah, I've heard those make sense. Mm, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> if, it's, if Sonic's known for anything, it's comprehensible lore. <sighs> all right. Well, now that all the Sonic fans have totally <laughs> been pissed off, let's. Uh... Shout out to Seamus, by the <laughs> way. Uh...
0: Okay. <laughs> yes. Now that we've. Now that all the Sonic fans are gone, or if you're still here and are hate listening, thank you for listening to us. We are going to be talking about Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for the Sega Genesis, uh, which is a landmark game in many people's opinions. And we are going to say what we think of those opinions uh, when we get to it. But before we do, as we are wont to do, we start out every episode with what game we have been playing lately or games if you've been playing more than one. So let's kick this off with that. Shane. What have you been up to? What have you been playing,
1: man? I haven't actually. I haven't really been playing a lot, to be honest. Like outside of playing this here, this here, Sanic, the Hedgehog, what go fast, Mister Needle Mouse, if you will. Um, of course. Not not a whole lot. Like I haven't even been playing that much Fallout seventy six lately. I've been trying to get uh, a little bit in here and there. But uh, time has just not allowed for a whole lot of gaming. Like I've got a couple of things that have been keeping me busy as far as like mobile games are concerned. I've, I've checked out a couple of the the shameless vampire survivor ripoffs that are on, you know, the the app store. And and actually, truth be told, some of them are pretty good. Not going to lie. And some of them actually add some new things to that formula that I think that vampire survivors could actually benefit from. but. Maybe that's a whole separate uh, review that could perhaps be rapid. I don't know. At any rate, hmm. though, um, yeah, it's it's been a pretty light, you know, couple of weeks again since since the last episode. Just uh, life, man. It it gets you. What about you? What what's been keeping you busy?
0: I've mostly been playing Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, it will also be part of the rapid fire review series I've been doing in my year of Final Fantasies. And I, I don't know if I talked about it last time. I'm pretty sure I did. I don't even, I don't remember what I say at all, but I'll just say this. It's a little bit better than what I remember. And it still has some significant fucking problems. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. Like it's gaining ground on Final Fantasy seven. I'll say that. That is definitely for sure. There like the, the systems themselves, like uh, the junction systems and how you can kind of exploit the game to make it kind of a joke. I love that. I love that so much. I love just attaching super powerful spells to my stats and being level 15 midway through the game and not gaining a level. I've literally not gained a level in probably about five to six hours of gameplay because everything scales to your own level. So I have done nothing to try and gain any levels. I have the second to best weapon by just like farming cards, playing card games, which essentially is what this game has become for me is try to get the best cards and just get the best equipment through that and all the spells and stuff. Squall is just an absolute wrecking ball. (laughs) But at the same time, like the plot is so dumb. It's so fucking dumb. I hate it. So it's like, I finally learned how to appreciate this game for gameplay and i still can't find enough reasons to actually like it overall there's still a lot more to go i don't know why i'm doing this to myself but i will get it done and i was talking to someone on discord i think it was Cade from from gaming gaming memories and he was saying just play the mod man like make like do the modifications where you draw 99 of every spell and you don't have to worry about the bullshit. I'm like, I'm playing it on my PS2 with my PS1 copy. I don't have mods. And he's like, You're an idiot. I'm like, I know. <laughs> uh, so that's me right now. Final Fantasy VIII. I hope, hopefully, I'm not talking about it on the next podcast that we record, but uh, I'm torn. I don't know what to think. And. I want to continue to dunk on this game, but I can't dunk as hard anymore, and that upsets me. And I don't know. It's rough. It's rough, man. Well, your life has got me
1: down. Yeah, so your, your sacrifice will not be forgotten. And I'm also glad that you're doing it so that I don't have to. Remember, if you're a patron at certain levels, you can recommend games. That's not at all related to anything <laughs> we were just talking about, for the record. No, I mean, we we could make sure nope. that we both have to nope, play it. No, Nope, nope, That uh, nope. uh, Those two things are completely separate thoughts that are not connected in any way. <laughs>
0: All right, we'll just let them
1: decide and take it as they will. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, I suppose we probably ought to, like, just get on with this thing. I guess so. Yeah. So, uh, so, hey, Chris. Hi. Hi. I hear that perhaps... We might have some history that one might consider brief regarding a game called Sonic the Hedgehog. The deuce. Oh, would you? (laughs) Definitely no double meaning in that, by the way. The deuce. Uh, (laughs) So you want to share that brief history with all the people listening at home? I'll, I'll blast process this.
0: In 1991, the release of Sonic the Hedgehog shocked the gaming world. There was, after long last, a serious competitor to Mario and the Big N outside of Japan. Sega had secured 65% market share in North America, and Sonic Mania had taken a hold of children across the United States. A sequel to the notorious Blue Blur was inevitable, and Sega would turn to the country that gave it so much success to make good on that inevitability. In late 1991, Sega would look to begin development with their newly established Sega Technical Institute, or STI, a horrible name in California. The team would be headed up by a still up-and-coming Mark Cerny, who helped found STI with the vision of combining the strengths of both Japanese and Western gaming philosophies. Many of the original Sonic team would have to be convinced to come to America for development, however, as Yuji Naka had left Sega after Sonic had released for a variety of reasons. Cerny did manage to coax Naka into returning along with almost the entirety of the original staff, with the exception of Naoto Oshima, who would be developing another Sonic game for Sega's upcoming CD add-on. With the team together, STI would set a release target of Holiday 1992, giving them roughly a year to complete development. At first, the cultural combination of Japanese and Western development philosophies would clash. While the Americans would go home and lock up at the end of the day, the Japanese developers would often work through the night and sleep in their cubicles. In addition to that, the American staff could not speak or understand Japanese, leading to a plethora of communication difficulties towards how the game should be properly designed. Some members of the team, notably Yuji Naka, were said to not have enjoyed working with the American staff in particular with it being said that Naka wanted to work with an all-Japanese staff. Approximately midway through development, Mark Cerny would leave STI, citing the tensions that existed between members of the staff. An executive from SEGA, Masaharu Yoshi, would take the reins of director, though Yuji Naka would begin to see more of the game's development directly. of the year, the game saw considerable amounts of cuts to its content to make the game a better overall experience. Some levels that were cut, such as the somewhat prominently advertised Hidden Palace Zone, would find life in later releases of the game decades later. Leading up to release, Sega spent a massive amount of money towards marketing Sonic the Hedgehog 2, giving it an advertising budget of $10 million. This would include people dressing up as Sonic at London's Heathrow Airport, giving away t shirts as pre order bonuses, and heavy promotion on the popular children's cable network, Nickelodeon. The game would see a near simultaneous international release, a rarity at the time, with Japan receiving Sonic 2 on November 21st, 1992, with North America and Europe getting it three days later, Sonic Tuesday on November 24th sales were enormous. Sonic 2 saw 2.2 million units pre-ordered during its marketing blitz, with single-day records for video game sales being shattered. The U.S. would see 1 million copies of the game move within the initial 24 hours of release, with the U.K. showing similar numbers selling 750,000 units within the same time frame. Unsurprisingly, it was the best-selling video game for 1992 worldwide, with All 3.2 million units shipped at launch sold out within the first two weeks. It would especially continue to sell well in Europe, where it would also be the second best-selling video game for all of 1993. Critical reception would almost match the sales, with most publications giving it near-perfect scores. Critics would mostly point to the improved graphics over the original, as well as the stages feeling larger many publications would have it be the runner-up for Game of the Year, only falling behind the likes of Street Fighter II and A Link to the Past. The game would continue to see re-releases and remakes in the years to come, with many today still considering it to be the best classic Sonic game ever made. Its iconic cover and introduction of Sonic's partner Tails continued to be a huge nostalgic point for those who grew up in the 90s and is among the most prominent releases in the entirety of Sega's library. And that is your brief history of Sonic the Hedgehog 2.
1: All right, thank you, Chris, for that brief history I, uh, you know, it's really hard as as much as, you know, I personally maybe am not as deep into the, the Sonic as some others is it was, it's was pretty hard to ignore back in the day. It was it was quite the phenomenon. Oh,
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you didn't have a Sega, you were at least thinking about whether or not you should have a Sega to be part of this the Sonic hype because it was it was real. There's a lot of games, I think, at this time of of the 90s where the marketing was so amazing that it was it was you couldn't get away from it and sonic was definitely one of those games so when it came to those sales it's it's not shocking especially if you look at what the genesis was going through in 92 Mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot of marquee games or mainstream games so to speak so this game just arriving and just blowing up everything it it makes a, a ton of sense for the Sega genesis
1: oh yeah which i mean i guess normally you do this but i feel like the natural back and forth here i'll just i'll fucking pick it up let's do it feel like that leads us right into some of our our personal experiences so i feel like and i'm just i'm going out on a limb here but i feel like maybe your take on this is going to be slightly more interesting than mine so so chris what is your mm. what is your background with with the hedgehog i i don't know exactly when I got Sonic the Hedgehog
0: 2, I do know that I, I probably got it not too long after I got the Sega Genesis listeners of the show, longtime listeners, if I've ever talked about the Sega Genesis, like I think I have on the main show. Not sure if I have on the Patreon, but I'll just so I'll just say it in case you don't know. Uh, when I got my Sega Genesis, I got it with Streets of Rage 2. It was the Street it was the like Sega Fighter bundle that came with the mega fire controller that had the turbo switch much like you got on a turbo sixteen. And I, I remember having Sonic Two not too much longer after that, because why why wouldn't you? It was almost mandatory to have with a Sega Genesis. That's why you got a Sega Genesis was to play Sonic. And I had Sonic Two actually a long time before I ever had Sonic One. Like this was the mainstay Sonic game that pretty much got me into the Sonic series. In terms of like my own personal experiences with, with Sonic 2 as a whole, like I look back at it now and I think I actually have more attachment to Sonic 2 on the Game Gear than I do Sonic 2 on the Genesis. Wow, For some reason. I, I know. Like for some reason, Sonic 2 on the Genesis never clicked with me. It's just like I found other games that resonated with me more, uh, or particularly Streets of Rage 2 as listeners of the show again, will know. And just other Sonic games, Sonic 3 in particular was a much bigger standout. I gravitated towards the original Sonic a lot more than Sonic 2. It's not to say I didn't play a lot of Sonic 2. I did. I remember playing the versus mode. I think with my brother quite a bit and with friends, we'd play the versus mode. But it's it's not one of those games that when I I look back at it, like I have really vivid memories of playing like I do a lot of other games that I played a lot of. I'm pretty sure we're going to get into why in the, (laughs) the duration of this episode. But uh, Sonic 2, yeah, I definitely had this. I definitely played it a lot. But in terms of the memories, it pales in comparison to the rest of the Sonic games that were released during my childhood by quite a bit. I I even think that includes Sonic CD, which I, I don't think is better than Sonic 2 for the record. But every other Sonic game that was released in the 90s, I have just more vivid and fond memories of than Sonic 2. And it's really strange because this game was, as we mentioned in the brief history, a huge deal. It was it was an event. And I think for me, it just kind of, you know, puttered out almost immediately.
1: Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, as I suspected, that's a far more interesting tale than whatever I'm about to to weave, which is that. uh <laughs> I didn't fucking play this game. What a shocker. Uh, Listen, man, if you've listened to the show at all, you know, I was a Nintendo boy for pretty much my entire childhood, even going so far as to having nothing but Nintendo consoles uh, up until the N64. And then I literally just did not have consoles. I just never bought another console. I missed entire generations of console gaming. Because I went to PC and like never looked back. It wasn't until I picked up an Xbox 360 way late in its life that I came back to the console world. So I did not have a Genesis. I knew one kid who I was friends with who had one. And I don't recall us ever playing this game. Like anytime I went over and hung out at his place, this was not one that we played for some reason, which is crazy. Because like like Chris said, this was a huge deal. And if you had a Genesis, and for the record, this kid was like, you know, three console Christmas level kind of bougie. So, you know, he... Hey, he, friend of mine. <laughs> exactly. He's in your tax bracket. But like, he had everything he wanted, basically. And so I'm actually really surprised. He, might, he probably owned the game. For some reason, we just never played it. Like, the only thing that sticks out in my mind fucking primal rage for some reason, which is not a good game for the record. But of course, at the time, I thought it was cool because it was like fucking dinosaurs ripping each other apart or whatever. But anyway, I digress. Point being, I just really didn't experience Sonic 2 or really any of the Sonic games when they were coming out or anywhere close to when they were coming out. I think the first, and and I probably said this before, I think the first Sonic game I truly played, I want to say, I think it was like Sonic Adventure. I, I think that yeah. was, I think that might've been the first one that I actually got around to playing, which even that was like w- way after the fact. I bought it like super cheap and played it, but. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the entirety of my personal experience. I I certainly saw the hype like I remember seeing the advertisements and like I said, it was kind of inescapable, but I just I just never really had had or took, I guess, the opportunity to uh, to experience the Sonic mania. Yeah, I could I could definitely see that
0: as we move on. That's as we talked about our personal stories, as I always say, that's the perfect time to segue into what the story the game wants to tell us. And it's not much because I feel like if you played the first Sonic, it's the same as the first Sonic. Just now you have a two tailed Fox yep. following you around and ruining your chances to get the chaos emeralds, which have more importance in this game.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, I, that's pretty <laughs> much it. Don't, I don't know what else to say about that. It's, fu- it's fucking, this the, it's the egg doctor and he, he is doing the bad thing and all of your forest yes. friends, they are trapped either in a big capsule fucking looking thing or maybe inside of some some rowboats and by that i mean robots i was gonna make a joke about the word robot and then i just realized it literally just sounds like rowboat so there's that i promise i'm not drunk but (laughs) i am (laughs) but yeah i mean there's not a lot there but i mean do you do you really need it No, I mean, not that that's like giving the game a pass or anything, but like, honestly, do we care? Come on now. Like it's no, we don't. Yeah, it's it's a platformer mostly. And you you do you do the spin and the jumping and the whatnot, and you don't really need much more motivation to do that. So it kind of is what it is. Interesting point to bring up. uh,
0: Yeah, I talked about this with Keith recently, because I will be on the main quest podcast to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog, the original one soon. I'm just like a whore for the original game, apparently, because I'm like on everything mm. for Sonic. But like, are the animals did robotic turn the animals into robots or are they trapped in the okay. robots?
1: I was thinking the same thing, and I don't know. Like, I'm sure there's a canonical answer. I just didn't. I'm going to be honest. I couldn't be fucked to look it up. But like, right. My take on it is that they're trapped inside the robots and that maybe they're like mind controlled somehow to attack you. Like, I feel like if they're inside them, they must be controlling them. They're like tiny little mechs or something. Like zombies. That's my headcanon for it. Yeah. I I don't know if that's actually true or not, but that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah.
0: Oh, by the way, Eggman is still Robotnik here. True. He's not Eggman. That's true. Yes. Yeah. So, the the Cold War perseveres, and I'm sure the Russians will never become evil ever again after the Cold War ended. Nope.
1: Nope. They learned their lesson. Not going to happen. They
0: learned it. Well... (laughs) Oh, the 90s. I love you. Uh, But yeah, I mean, yeah, you're just trying to free your animal friends. There it is. Bring your animal friends. Robotnik built a space base now. So he's in space. He's a cosmonaut. And <laughs> that's what you're trying to stop.
1: I mean, yeah, you, I mean, it's the sequel. You got to you got to kick it up a notch, right? Eventually, ev- eventually everything goes to space.
0: Yeah. Oh, and there's Metal Sonic. This is the first debut of Metal Sonic. And he does not look like Metal Sonic.
1: Oh Yeah, there you go.
0: He looks awful. He looks nothing like Metal Sonic. <laughs> Okay, I think that's it for the plot. It's a basic platformer plot. It's not very deep. Kill the evil Russian fat man who looks like Theodore Roosevelt, who is not Russian. And yeah, there it is. There you go. Show your plot. But we are going to move on to what is traditionally the meat of our discussion when it comes to video games. We're on to the gameplay because, look, when it comes to retro games, gameplay is the most important thing. Uh, how it plays, how it controls, everything like that. I think we're going to have a lot to say. <sighs> Shane, I have my grievances. I, I think it's there's there's good, there's bad, like many other things, but I have a lot to say, and I'm sure you do too, but why don't you kick this one off?
1: Oh my God, all right. Um, <clears throat>
0: it never starts off good when you say, oh my God.
1: <laughs> Where do I begin? <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, okay, so... I, I want, listen, I'm going to go out in front of this thing and say that overall, I do not think it is a bad game. Okay. I just want, mm. I want to get that out there now. Maybe this will soften the blow of the next like 12 things I'm going to say, but it, it's not a bad game. I think it could have been better. And a lot of it, actually pretty much all of it, comes down to the gameplay. And so Chris is right. I think the vast majority of our conversation today is going to be in this category. And I do have a lot of things to say about this. Let's see, where should I even start? So my notes are not necessarily in any sensible order, but um, I guess let me me start with the big thing and then we can kind of get into some of the nitty gritty. But I'm just going to I'm going to come out guns blazing with my. My, my overall thought on the gameplay of Sonic 2. The biggest issue to me in this game is that it has no idea what it wants to be.
0: Yes, you're right. It's yep.
1: like Sonic Team wanted to make a platformer because they were just like, yo, fucking Mario, am I right? But they also needed to stick with this like t- fucking terrible marketing shtick about Sonic requiring all the speed. And so what you end up with is like this game that just doesn't do either thing particularly well. Like you're either platforming with a character that like relative to something such as Mario, his direct competitor, to me feels incredibly imprecise. It's very floaty and it's 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 okay. It's floaty but also somehow simultaneously bogged down by the game's physics. Yeah. Or you're trying you are attempting to to make them the needle mouse go fast and you might enjoy that for a few seconds like a few seconds before the game just slams its foot down and says well that's enough enjoyment for you motherfucker and then throws a surprise enemy or a spike trap or a fucking endless pit or some other garbage in your way okay
0: i think yeah that level design is is very problematic it
1: is extremely and so these two gameplay styles are just incompatible it doesn't matter what sonic team tried to do to the contrary they're incompatible to me this game would have been a far more enjoyable experience if the platforming sections and the gotta go fast sections were entirely compartmentalized from each other Further to that end, I'll even go so far as to say that I firmly believe that enemies and hazards should have never been included in any of the fast sections. They don't add anything of value and all they end up being is just frustrating. Just keep that shit relegated to the platforming areas because that's like that's where you're going to have more control and agency over what Sonic does. The speedy Mm. sections They should just be spectacle. They should just be there for the player to watch and marvel at how fast Sonic goes and just enjoy all the pretty colors and not have to worry about the inevitable robot asshole jumping out of a wall that you could not have predicted to immediately hit you and you lose all your rings. I know I'm going on a bit of a rant, but I'm going to I'm going to wrap it up here so that Chris can get his thoughts in on this, because I think he agrees on a lot of these points. But I want to I want to point this out because I think my entire point that I'm making here is illustrated very well by what I consider to be my two favorite areas in this game. OK, Hill Zone and specifically Act One of Casino Zone. Mm. OK, and, and here is why Hills Zone, both both acts because every zone has two acts two two levels. Effectively Hill top Zone. Yes, Hilltop Zone. Yes, thank you. Okay. So the Hilltop Zone, both acts, I'll include both. The reason I like those is because they are almost entirely traditional platformer levels. And so, like, gripes about how Sonic controls aside with the weird floaty but also kind of shit physics thing going on, I felt like this was the closest that Sonic 2 was going to get to having a truly good platforming experience. I thought... Hilltop Zone was well designed. I thought the level traversal was very interesting. And there was very little in the way of these bullshit gotcha moments. Okay. And it was like, I felt the change when I went from the previous levels and then got into Hilltop Zone. It was like palpable. I was like, oh, fuck, I'm actually liking this now. And that's the reason why. And so the other half is Act One of Casino Zone. And the reason I point this out is because it is almost, if not completely, devoid of enemies and hazards. It's just a pure pinball experience that is just fun. It's just fun. The only real enemy here is like the level time limit, because I think all levels, you only get like 10 minutes, and if you take too long, you just up and die. You die, yeah. So that's really the only thing you're up against. Otherwise, you can spend a really good chunk of time in that level just bouncing around, hitting things for extra points, or trying to like, Lever yourself into the little cage areas to spin the slot machine to like win rings or extra lives. And it's just fun. Like and that's to me, that's what every got to go fast section in a Sonic game should be like. It's just let me see how crazy I can be with the acceleration and how fast I can go and how I can make Sonic bounce around this level without having to worry about getting fucked by something that you are never going to be able to see or predict. And so those are both polar opposites of the game design that I felt should have been in this game. And you can see these glimmers in Hilltop Zone and in Casino Zone, but they're like the only ones to me. And like everything else is just like this bullshit amalgamation of both of them and none of it works. All right. My rant is over. I wanted to get that (laughs) off my chest. So go go ahead. (laughs)
0: I mostly agree with you. I, I think all the points you make, I, I'm i almost in lockstep with you. I actually don't like Hilltop Zone for a variety of reasons. Hmm. Okay. Uh, one is that the, there's this bullshit part where the lava's coming up, and if you actually try and run to escape the lava, you end up in lava because you're supposed to stop. There's no indication from the game that you're supposed to stop.
1: That's a good point. I will say that I kind of lucked my way out of that one, though, because I found the hidden invincibility that's right before that section.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that the game... Gives you a lot of that. And just to like kind of basically explain what Sonic is. It's just Sonic the Hedgehog. It's like the first one. It's a platformer where you move around from left to right mostly. And there's one button that presses all three buttons jump. That's it. You can do a spin dash, uh, which is new to this game. You can press down and jump. You can spin dash, which fine. I don't find myself using it too often, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. But that's that's really it. And you get all sorts of like invincibility shields, all that stuff. To Shane's point that this game doesn't know what it wants to be. Is, is probably the best way to to frame this. And uh, you can see this starting out through the game itself, because what it wants you to do, if you play in this game naturally, you get 50 rings, you go to a star post, which is a checkpoint, and you go to the checkpoint, you get your chaos emeralds. So the game wants you to get these chaos emeralds. So it's encouraging you to go to the star point. But the game also wants you to go fast. Mm-hmm. If you go fast and through the levels and a lot of the levels are 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 enjoyable if you just run through them and you don't think about anything, including emerald Hill including uh chemical plant zone the grand majority of them if you can make it through they're they're fun I also like mystic cave Zone i, I think that that level's fun but it has some bullshit definitely oh, has some bullshit
1: mhm i'll I'll talk about that one <laughs> yeah. in a minute yeah sure sure sure.
0: But the thing is, is that the game almost encourages you to be meticulous and look for various paths to get the rings you need to get the Chaos Emerald so you can turn into supersonic. But it's also telling you that that's not the way you're supposed to play it. So it has an identity crisis. Mm -hmm. That's it's that's its biggest thing right off the bat. Uh, And the bullshit for the longest time, I thought the bullshit really started in Metropolis Zone. But after replaying this game in Emerald Hill Zone, the very first one you go to, there's bullshit about in that level that I completely forgot about Mm -hmm. where if you hit a spring, the spring will launch you right into an enemy where you're vulnerable and you can't do anything about it. There's multiple of them and that's through the entire game and it doesn't stop. You have to have this game memorized and there's a difference between a game like this and if you go back a year ago and we talked about like Ghouls and Ghosts Mm -hmm. where that game is like it also throws a lot of bullshit at you at least in Ghouls and Ghosts it's very precise. It's very You know, the game is designed for you to anticipate bullshit. It lets you know that is going to be prohibitively difficult and you're going to have an issue with everything and you have to learn the game to make it through. This game doesn't know whether or not it wants to do that with you. Plus, the controls in a game like Ghouls and Ghosts, that is very difficult and notoriously difficult, are consistent. The problems in Sonic 2 is the controls are at no point consistent. Nope. They never are, especially if you happen to have. A general, like any sort of slope. Oh my god! On your 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 plane, mm-hmm. any sort of slope. As soon as you start going up a slope, because everything is momentum based, and the momentum base to what you do is fucking bullshit. <laughs> because if you're going one direction, you miss something. You want to turn around. It could take like a good two to three seconds before Sonic actually starts moving in the direction that you want to. If you come to a stop, if you decide that you want to roll into a ball, Sonic might just start rolling. If you're on a slope. Uh, even like a, a a slightly gradiated slope that graduated. I don't know. I was probably saying the word wrong, but like he'll just stay on the ball until Sonic's done doing whatever Sonic's is doing. The control in this game is just because there's so much momentum and the fixes are so fucked up doing what you want to do. And on a consistent basis, if you're not just pressing forward and running like a lunatic is almost untenable. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no point to it. And it makes it very confusing when the game wants you to do precise platforming later in the game or wants you to look for chaos emeralds in the beginning of the game. It it doesn't do anything that you're supposed to want to do. And that makes the entirety of the thing frustrating.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And your point on like being on anything that is not just literally flat ground. The other thing that really irks me about that, and it's it's a result of the fucking wonky physics that they were trying to do here is. In, in almost any other game, any other platformer, just uh, Mario, perfect example, right? Best, best example. Even if you're on on a piece of ground that is at an angle, if you press jump, you're still going to jump straight up in the air. OK, that's yeah. predictable. You know what's going to happen. It happens every time you can rely on it. That does not happen here at all. In addition to the bullshit of like the momentum thing and trying to uh, you know accommodate for that. You also get the issue where if you don't have enough momentum to make it up one of those curves or a hill or whatever, and you're like, oh, well, instinctually, I, I will just I'm almost at the top of this little like half pipe, but I didn't quite make it. So I'll just hit jump to get the rest of the way because literally every other platformer on the fucking planet works this way. Yeah. Sonic does not. And so if you press jump, you're not going to jump straight up. Oh no. You're going to jump straight, like perpendicular to the ground that you are currently standing on. So if you are standing technically at an angle on like the middle of a half pipe, Sonic is going to jump diagonally backwards. (laughs) It's so fucking infuriating. And you have to learn this. And of course, Tails is just kind of like, man, Tails is just along for the ride. He's like, <laughs> he is... I'm just happy to be here.
0: <laughs> he is so, like, if you have a second player, he's great for what it's worth. Cause he can take all the bullshit hits that you don't
1: have to. Well, but on that point, he's like, he's worthless. Well, he's, he's worse than worthless though. He's actually a fucking liability. Like not, not in normal gameplay, but if you're going to try no. to do everything, the game wants you to do, and get those chaos emeralds, you have to do those bonus levels, which for the record, I, I, I liked the idea of what they were doing with those, like changing it to like the, the behind the back, like pseudo 3d, like a half pipe running, like mini game is it's kind of cool. Like I, I actually kind of appreciated that. I I don't like it in practice because again, They it's bad game design because in no way do they ever telegraph to you as the player where the collectibles are going to be coming up on the half pipe it's all memorization right it's it's 100% memorization in something by the way that if you fuck it up then you lose and you get kicked out of that and then you just have to try it again at the next checkpoint which is horse shit or I guess reload your restart your fucking genesis I don't know but anyway like yeah, he's useless in the normal levels and then an actual liability in the secret levels with, with to get the chaos emeralds, because if you have tails with you, which you do by default, which I think is bullshit, by the way, there's no way they Wanted to. Yeah. there's no way that they didn't realize that, right? That they're like, OK, well, if you're playing this solo and you're going to do these chaos emerald levels like tails. Reacts to where you as Sonic move on the half pipe, but he's like lagging behind you by a good second or so. And so, if you move to get out of the way of, let's say, bombs that are placed in the half pipe, which is a thing that happens often, he will lag behind you. And if you don't accommodate for that by knowing, again, it's memorization, by knowing that those bombs are coming up in the half pipe and moving preemptively then he's going to lag his ass behind you run face first into the bombs. And if he had been the one to touch any of the rings you're trying to collect, because here, that's the thing, right? Is in order to get the chaos emerald, you have to collect a certain number of rings. If you get hit by anything, you lose all your rings. Okay. Well, 10, you lose 10. Okay. Yeah. So you lose 10, which in a lot of cases, especially in the later chaos emerald levels, if you get hit once, you might as well just fucking call it a day. Yeah. If tails, happens to run face-first into any of the rings before you do, he will collect them separate from you. So they're they're two counters. It's as if two people are playing, but it's just you and the AI. That's terrible. And so when he inevitably runs into a fucking bomb, he loses 10 of those rings. He'll do it multiple times in a run. And it, it happened to me, because I didn't know you could turn this off until Chris told me, that... I had to rerun one of those chaos Emerald, like half pipe stages. I want to say about 10 or 12 times before I actually got through it successfully because of tails. Hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, I like the special stages, to be honest with you, when you don't have tails. I think that oh, they're much uh, better. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have much of an issue with them. I think mostly because I played it on Sonic Jam. I noticed when I played it on Sonic Jam, which is a compilation of Sonic 1, 2, 3 and Sonic and & Knuckles on the 6 Saturn. Uh, when I played it there, I noticed the special stages were a lot easier than what I was experiencing on the Genesis version. Mm-hmm. And even I made it through the Genesis version relatively easy, easily with just Sonic. Like, I didn't have to do too much memorization. It was just there was some bullshit but there it wasn't a lot of bullshit if you know what i'm saying like this spe- but and they move like really well for a genesis game all things considered as well
1: yeah they do i, I just think my issue yeah. with it like i i like i said i like the idea yeah i i just wish that the execution had been a little bit better in that a lot of those kind of stages especially when the developers understand that you have something that is co- either coming directly towards you on the screen in this way or the opposite, where it's, you know, you're going in the opposite direction where you're coming towards the screen as the player. Yeah. Things like obstacles or enemies, a lot of times they will telegraph those things in some way where they'll like, you know, I don't know, flash a red arrow where it's going to show up like a few seconds before it does or something like that. To give the player, the you know, at least a little bit of a heads up of like, hey, something's coming down, down the line. And this yeah. game doesn't do that. And so there were plenty, there were a number of times where even without tails, um, especially in the more difficult sections of this where I just, I didn't, I mean, maybe I'm fucking old. I mean, I am, but like, I just didn't have the reaction time. And so I I'd have like a split second to see like, Oh shit, there's a bomb coming right there and try to move out of the way. And I just feel like if that had been purposefully telegraphed a little bit better, That I would have I would have enjoyed that a little bit more. It's a little bit of a nitpick, but yeah, that's
0: also something that is, it's a complaint of the modern times, which doesn't mean it's illegitimate. Uh, I do think, you know, when you look back in 1992, uh, when this game came out, like they wanted to elongate the game. So you're going to have a lot of bullshit so you can memorize it. Yada, yada, yada. I mean, this is this is pretty much common knowledge, but playing it from a modern perspective. Yeah, these these things get in the way. Uh, you don't want to memorize things when you're just trying to see what a game's all about and what to do. Like you don't want to play Sonic the Hedgehog two for for ten fucking hours. You have other games now. Like right, <laughs> there's a lot of other games now. It's not like it was back then. So when yeah, your your complaints are are valid in the modern perspective, hundred percent. But I can understand why Sega did that back in ninety two. It's like, well, you're going to get through the game. You might not get every Chaos Emerald, but when you play it again, you're going to know these stages better. And then when you play it again, you're going to know them better, and and so on and so forth. Which yeah. Great tactic in 92 keeps you playing that game. So you, you know, and cause games were like a hundred dollars, $120 by today's standard. So yeah. you, you got what you got, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's harder to justify now. Did you, did you even try playing with tails alone? Cause I know that's an option as well.
1: Uh, No, honestly I didn't. I, I just played at Sonic the whole time. And as soon as you okay. told me I could turn tails off, I immediately did that. So
0: yeah it does add i mean i didn't play with it for this run i'd have to go way way back but i think i maybe might be thinking more of sonic 3 than than sonic 2 but some of the awesome things that you can do in tails is with you is like tails can fly and take sonic to higher levels that weren't like really accessible before and if you play his tails alone of course he can fly and get to higher levels and stuff mm-hmm. making it an easier experience especially when you play this with knuckles playing this game with knuckles is a joke that would be much later of course that wouldn't be for this episode specifically because that's a later edition of it right i'm gonna talk about some of the stages i really fucking hate and you said you wanted to Mm -hmm. as well but i'm i am curious before we get to that why didn't you like chemical plant zone because i thought that i thought that stage was actually pretty good
1: uh i mean it it was fine yeah i mean it it wasn't the standout for me like that's why i had pointed out the other two specifically because i felt like those were really the 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 big ones that I enjoyed the most, but I, I don't think I had too many specific issues with with that one in particular.
0: Yeah, because that's a big speed showcase level. I can't even find a, a checkpoint in the first level of the first zone of Chemical Plant Zone. Yeah, like the first level of it, first act, because that that the first act of Chemical Plant Zone just moves at such a fast click. I think that's like a definitive Sonic level. <laughs> we'll talk about more about the music too. I think the the, the the track there is a standout one. Yeah. So I'll let you kick this one off. What what levels did you like and what levels did you not like? I mean, you talked about the ones you did like already, I guess. So talk about <laughs> the ones you don't like.
1: Uh I mean, so yeah, I think like I said, those two the Hilltop zone and and Casino zone, I think those were some real standouts for me. Of course, everybody for the most part likes the first zone because that's the one that everybody plays. So it is what it is. I still think like you said there was some bullshit already even right at the beginning of the game i fucking despise mystic the mystic cave i'm i'm surprised that you like (laughs) i do like it um okay so i love the atmosphere i I actually really like the design like from an aesthetic point of view i think mystic cave is really cool i like what they did with Mm -hmm. it it's very nice window dressing but fuck that whole zone everything about mystic cave is just one big middle finger to the player after another like there are hidden walls that suddenly pop out with spikes on the edge to stab you in the face that you wouldn't know are there until you get too close and then they move out quickly enough that if you don't react immediately you lose all your rings that happens many times throughout mystic cave there are also the firefly enemies that to me had questionable hitboxes because there are some times when they light up that you can't hit them and other times that you can, but then sometimes it was like a maybe. So that was fun. But here's, here's actually the, the big thing that bothered me the most about it. And I thought about this one. I, actually This is how much, this bothered me enough that I was like laying in bed, unable to go to sleep because I was thinking about this. And I finally put like two and two together and, and formulated my thoughts about this. The snake enemies in Mystic Cave are bullshit. And I want to explain why. And this is also a perfect example of what is and is not good game design. OK. OK, so I'm going I'm to I'm get like, you know, hypothetical, theoretical pontificatory here. Um, that's probably not a word. Here we go.
0: Dr. Shane is in the
1: house. That's right. So the snake enemies there, they're purposefully hidden behind foreground objects in the level, like a lot of big-ass leaves and stuff like that. And they are inside the center of these fairly big block-shaped platforms that you kind of need to traverse in order to get through the level in in a lot of cases. And when you get near said block-shaped platform, these snakes will instantaneously extend outward from their hidden position in the middle of this block in your exact direction in order to hit you. And so why I want to highlight this specifically is it's a perfect example of why thoughtfulness in level and enemy design is so important in video games. So the way that this enemy behaves, it's, it's actually nearly identical to chain chomps from Super Mario Brothers 3. Mm. They extend themselves out from a fixed point to attack the player when they get close, okay? The major difference and the reason I have a problem with this is in how they are presented to the player. And what I mean by that is in Super Mario Brothers 3, you will nearly always see a chain chomp before you have to engage it. So uh, further to that end, chain chomps have like very distinct idle animations, right? We're all if you've played Mario, you're pretty familiar with this now. The The, the little head on the on the chain kind of like bounces around on the ground from side to side where it's located. And this idle animation, apart from being, you know, kind of cute, I guess, in some way, it also serves a purpose because it shows this and it shows that this enemy is attached to a chain, that it itself is then attached to a stationary block. So this communicates some very important information to you as the player especially if you've never encountered one of these before. So if you just bought Super Mario Brothers three, you're sitting down, you're playing it. This is the first time you've ever seen this chain chomp. There's a lot of information that you're getting here. So just by looking at it, you can already conclude that the enemy is mobile, but only within a certain radius since it's tethered to this block by a chain. And so with this knowledge, you can then approach this encounter knowing that you need to keep a certain distance to avoid taking damage, and it would probably be smart to wait and anticipate the Chain Chomp's movements. So with that one idle animation alone, and the fact that they make it visible to you as the player before you are forced to encounter the enemy, Nintendo properly equips you to intelligently engage with said enemy. Sonic Team does none of this, and opts instead to essentially say... Fuck you, figure it out. Which is like their design philosophy for most of this game. And it just feels shitty. Like as a player, it feels shitty because you feel almost entirely helpless. You were not equipped with any foreknowledge, so you end up taking damage or dying in these instances, and it's supremely infuriating because you had zero agency in the matter. It just is something that just happens to you. It's just foisted upon you, and there was nothing you could do about it. Now, to me, that is just piss poor game design, and it's one of the things, just this one example highlights the difference between what. A good dev team who puts actual thought into how they present a level and the enemies in that level versus a team who just puts things in there to be like, ha ha, wouldn't that be neat to fuck with the player? Yeah. You really hate that thing. I really fucking do. <laughs> and it's not even <laughs> that that was like the worst thing, it's just that was the perfect example to make this comparison.
0: Okay. So you really hate mystic Cave Zone because of the the worm that just pops out randomly, which I can understand.
1: I mean it's that, but it's it's all the other stuff. It's all of the gotcha moments that this game has, and yeah. like I felt like Mystic Cave was nothing but a collection of all of the worst of those things
0: yeah i I can understand that I don't know why i just i didn't have an issue with mystic cave I, I think it's just because I knew going into it that like, you're always looking for the lever or the the chain to pull or something in order to advance your progress. And that could be a lot to do with it. I know that, like, for the for the uninitiated, there's, like, a lot of pits where you're just going to die. And it's like, haha, fuck you, you're dead. Uh-huh. Especially if you don't get it. And, like, if you if you have supersonic by then, you're just kind of sitting around in a pit sometimes waiting to die because you can't get out. And that is a problem in Mystic Cave. <laughs> the thing with, like, you're going, I, I agree with you. There are some problems with them popping out and popping out of walls and stuff like that. But for me, like, I don't know, like whenever they they would pop out, it wouldn't hit me directly. And I would know immediately, Okay, get out of this area because this thing could hit me. I just didn't have issues with that enemy. I didn't have issues with the wall things because I knew if I ran into a wall because they do kind of introduce that wall spike that comes out a little earlier that doesn't immediately come out. So I knew if I ran into a wall, just like, hey, back up or you get hit and not hug the wall. But no, I mean, it's it's doesn't. That's because I knew already too. So there's right. that Well, that's too. what
1: I'm saying is like, I feel like everything you've yeah. just said is like, well, it's not that bad because I already knew about it. That's yes. That's yes. That's exactly <laughs> why. And
0: I like this. I like the soundtrack for Mystic Cave. I think it's, it, fucking is, fun. It,
1: it is good. Yeah.
0: But the one I have the biggest issue with, well, not maybe not the biggest issue with, but the first one that really grinds my gears. And I think that's even the best term for this level is fucking Metropolis. So <laughs> I hate that level. And I have to say this, too like oil like even before that oil ocean level that that level is kind of bullshit as well yeah like i don't have a lot of love for that uh it's it's fine if you just keep moving forward and you're not trying to become supersonic anymore not trying to get any chaos emeralds but like it's just it's like overly complicated for overly complicated sakes and oil ocean zone i don't have any hate or love towards it either way it's just it is what it is metropolis zone you get to that level everything you've said about mystic cave like There's an enemy around every single corner, no matter where you go, constantly stopping your momentum. You think you've made it anywhere, and you get hit. Mm-hmm. You pick up a coin, you pick up a ring, you get hit. You just run forward because it, it it almost encourages you to always keep up momentum, and this is the biggest problem that we mentioned earlier. There'll be a mantis that just throws something at you, like right at the end of that, right in your path, every single fucking time. Or there's a crab that you have to, that is going to hit you and has a like questionable hitbox about where you can jump on it or not that will just take all your rings every single time. And Met- Met- Metropolis Zone has three acts. It's the only level in the game that has three acts <laughs> and they're all long. And there's parts of it where you have to jump on these, like it's it's a nut and bolt and you just have to run on this thing. And sometimes you're just running on it forever, trying to avoid these stupid starfish that explode when you get close to them. It's a horrible level, and it's the longest one, and it's later in the game, in a game in which you already can't save, and I have, look, I have talked shit about Super Mario Brothers 3, so I am going to fucking crucify Sonic 2 for doing doing this too, if you're making a long ass fucking game, you had better have a save or password feature, because if you don't, you start fucking over the player. And Sonic Two, by the time you get to Metropolis Zone, it's like, please end this fucking game. I am <laughs> done with this. This is too much bullshit, and it's going nowhere. Metropolis as it has some of the worst enemy placement, and the level right after that, which I think is like Sky Fortress Zone, mm. which is the second to last level. Like, if you're su- if you have Supersonic, by the way, you're fucked. You are fucked because if you you can't control Supersonic worth a damn. And that entire level requires precision platforming with disappearing platforms and everything. It's 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 such a bad level that if you play the game on Sonic Jam, they give you additional platforms that you can land on because they're like, yeah, it's a little unfair. <laughs> it's just, it's such shit. I, I got lucky. I don't know if this is in the the, the Genesis version, because when I was playing the Genesis version, I didn't notice it, but when I was playing Sonic Jam, I did. Before you get to like this discontent, It's not complicated, but you have to like grab onto a bar, and then you land onto a platform, you grab onto a bar. There's this section before it that has these blades, these propellers, that if you're in another part of the level, you can float over it. And actually, if you jump into them in Sonic Jam, it'll take you like so you can miss half the level. And if you have Supersonic, you can jump over a lot of the sections that have disappearing platforms, so you don't have to deal with that. And it's like, oh, yeah, well now I'm in. This is awesome. But if you don't do that, that level is complete shit. They're both complete shit and people would be like well get good it's just hard platforming okay hard platforming is good when you have precise controls uh difficult platforming is good when you know what your character is going to do when you press the fucking button and that does not happen with sonic at all never so those two levels are just it's not even design philosophy because i don't think they're designed horribly per se but when you take in they're designed horribly around the concept of the game, which is move fast, move through the level quickly and get to the objective. And it always puts in obstacles to stop you from going fast, which is a criticism a lot of people say about Sonic one, but it's a lot worse here. And I can understand why people would hate Sonic one if they only played Sonic two going back to Sonic one, because I love Sonic one. I'll defend that. That's but that's that's my game. <laughs> so that's what I have to say. Fuck Metropolis Zone. Fuck Sky Fortress even fuck emerald hill zone because that's one of the worst opening sonic levels in like all of sonic it's just bright and colorful and and good looking that's about it but if you really like getting to the nitty-gritty about how it's designed it's it's crap <laughs> but i love i i do love casino because uh casino night zone it's fun i like mystic cave i
1: don't care for hilltop zone
0: aquatic ruin zone i could take I or leave it's it's on the more fucking the better side hate of that the, one it has too. some bullshit <laughs>
1: Well, yeah. okay, the reason I dislike that one and it's right up there with with the the mystic cave but for a different reason is it's the yeah. water. The water's terrible. Like the, the yeah. fact that the, the very they start you off with a jump on a swing two swinging platforms that if you miss that jump, you plunge into water and you're you're probably just going to die because you will run out of air. And you will drown and it fucking sucks. It's so badly designed. Come on now. No, it's not that bad. Yes, it is. Oh, no, it's not. Yes, it is. I didn't think so. It's so bad. I didn't think so. And on top of that, like, because we've already talked about these, you know, questionable physics that this game employs. Yeah, that's true. When you're underwater, it's it's even worse. <laughs> that's true.
0: The physics. Oh, the physics just kill this game, man. The physics. I do love chemical plant zone, by the way. I love that. zone. Better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I can see aquatic aquatic ruin zone. Like you're, that's a level I think you're going to love or hate, but <sighs> are we done bitching about this game? <laughs> uh, I think so for gameplay anyway, for gameplay, we can start talking about some good stuff. I think we can move on to to the things that are good about this game.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I guess to just quickly sandwich this, because I started out with a pseudo positive thing and I guess I'll end with a pseudo positive thing is that, listen man this game has a lot of issues as we've kind of enumerated here having said all of that though i i didn't i didn't hate my time playing it like if we're talking about the gameplay yeah like i didn't hate it that's the thing is like it's it can be enjoyable i just think that it could have benefited from some stronger direction like if it had focused on One thing or the other, or I either just completely dropped this dumbass notion of trying to be cooler than Mario. And so he's got to go so fast because look at how fast the Genesis is. If you just dropped that shit and just made this a tighter platformer would have been great. Or alternatively, if you would have just dropped a lot of the platforming and just fully embraced the look at this motherfucking hedgehog. Don't he go fast? And actually made that more enjoyable, it also would have been a better game. It's just like we said, it doesn't know what it wants to be. So it's to me, it's less of like being a bad gameplay experience and more of just like I'm like the disappointed dad because I (laughs) because I feel like this game had so much potential and it It just squandered it. Yeah, it
0: it is like in spite of all my bitching, like I still find myself having fun. That's the weird part. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like, I'm still not hating my life until Metropolis so Well, zone. that's, yeah. And then I hate my that's life. That's fair. And Wing Fortress Zone. I hate that. <laughs> but other than that, I'm having a good time. Let's move on to the graphics and how this game looks. And I'll, I'll kick this one off here and I'll just say it looks good. I think it's held up really well. I think it pushed limits for the Genesis at the time. And I think if you look at it from a modern perspective i think i still think the sprite work is fantastic i think the effects where it tries to do a little bit of more pre-rendered stuff looks still looks good today it's not embarrassing like uh donkey kong country is <laughs> to an extent i really think the visual direction is i like sonic 1's look more and i will always say that sonic 1 and sonic city is the preferred way i like sonic to mm. look, but i'm not going to sit here and tell you that sonic 2 technically does not look better It it's it it really shows what the Genesis can do. And it really shows that it can compete with the super Nintendo on a graphical level.
1: Yeah. No, I I would pretty much just echo a lot of that. I thought it looks, it still looks fantastic. Even to this day, it's one of the benefits of good pixel art. As we've said many times on yes. this show, they hold up extremely well. And the art here is very bold. It's very vibrant. It's, it's fun and pleasing to look at the sprites are big and well animated. All of the zones, whether you actually love or hate the zones themselves, at the very least, they're all visually distinct and very interesting. I the the background work is fantastic. The the level de, well the, the design of the level elements, not the level design. Let me be clear about that. Uh, mm-hmm. is, is good. Everything's very cohesive. Every, every zone and the acts within those zones have their own personalities. Um, so yeah, I, I actually don't really have anything to complain about here. I think the game looks great. Um, I, I think maybe if I had a minor nitpick, and it is minor, is one thing I noticed, um, it's very difficult to see the end stage text because it's all white and a lot of the backgrounds, because they are so bold and colorful, the text actually gets drowned out by the, the backgrounds of the stages. And so sometimes it's like really hard to actually read any of that shit, not critical, but like to, to, to the enjoyment of the game, I guess, but it is something to point out. I feel like it would have been something that in, in a design stage at some point, someone would have been like, Hey, like white on, you know, multicolored background is really fucking hard to read. Like, Maybe we should, you know, outline this text with like, you know, do do a black stroke around them or something like to make it actually easier to see. But like I said, very minor nitpick outside of that. Yeah, I I think the game looks great.
0: Yeah. So I I think we can kind of quickly move on here over to the music and sound. And uh, once again, I it's good. Yeah, I think it's really fucking good. Yeah. The 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 music I, we were talking, I was kind of alluding to it on the uh, gameplay section. I think a lot of these levels I like just because the, the music is good. Uh, I I can't think of a single bad track. I will say like Emerald Hill Zone. Everyone usually says for the Sonic game, the first the first zone has the best music. I I highly disagree with that. I think Emerald Hill Zone is just kind of meh. To be honest with you, it's still a good track. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, it's it's a good track. But like when you compare it to like Casino Night Zone or Mystic Cave Zone. Or metropolis zone chemical plant zone it's it, it pales in comparison all these other levels are so good i still prefer sonic one and sonic three soundtrack it's, it's much like the graphics like I, I prefer those ones but if i were to tell you with the straight face that this is not a fantastic soundtrack i'd be lying to you uh the music here is incredible
1: yeah absolutely and i, I think like with the the argument about the first level i think it might be less that it's the best track and it's just it's just it's the one that everybody remembers because it's just the first stage.
0: Yeah, but no, I it's not Green Hill zone. No, no, it's not Green Hill. That, no,
1: that is true. That is true. But yeah, no, I, I I totally agree. Yeah, I I think the the soundtrack is great. There isn't any one track that I could point out in the entirety of the game where I was just like, eh, not my cup of tea. Like they're they're all pretty good and thematically they're all on point too. You know, the, as as we were yes. saying, like the graphics. The the levels themselves have very distinct personalities, and the the soundtrack really does complement that uh, very well. So now listen, if I didn't have to play Sonic, everything else about Sonic, I like. Let's put it that way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll even say the sound design is really good too. It makes really good use of stereo mm-hmm. sound. Yeah, losing rings again is just borrowing a lot from the first Sonic. Uh, everything's a little bit more crisper. I mm-hmm. think sound sound wise, it should be. Special stages, like everything stereo wise, is is good there too. So, uh, on top of the music, like even sound design, I like Sonic doesn't talk, thank God. <laughs> but everything else is is yeah, it's so good. I agree with you. By the way, <laughs> uh, just for Sonic 2, though, because I do love Sonic One. And sure, and Sonic. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably have to replay those now just to convince myself I'm sane. We are about to wrap this up, but before we do, we are going to get into the miscellanea. Of just some fun facts we found this is hardly all the fun facts because I, there's probably a there's probably like a novel of fun facts that we could cover about Sonic 2 so I just found some ones that I found that were interesting Shane did you find any that you thought you were inter- uh, that were interesting to you
1: uh you know I I did not actually so I'm oh. I'm leaning on you for all the the fun trivia this time okay so I'm just gonna start with some
0: some really basic common knowledge stuff so if you attach Sonic 2 to Sonic and knuckles you can play Sonic 2 as knuckles I kind of said that uh, before. It's, it's a lot of fun and uh, I recommend you go try that because the game does become a little bit broken. I thought the final boss was a little bit harder than Knuckles because Knuckles can't jump as high as Sonic. I don't know what strategy is was trying to do with <laughs> Knuckles now that I think about it. But uh, it's overall, yeah, it makes it a lot easier. It's a lot of fun. Sonic Spinball, which you probably love to hate. Uh, it's not considered to be a great game, but some people do love it. I am one of those, even though I've never beaten it and anything past the first level kind of sucks. But uh, that exists because of Casino Night mm. Zone. So they pretty much took that concept from that level and made a whole game around it, much to, you know, many people's <laughs> chagrin. It's not that bad. Great soundtrack. Listen to the soundtrack. Now, here's a fun fact the game itself, like, no one could actually play the entirety of the game until the last 48 hours of development, which was in September of 1992. Keep in mind, this game was released in November. So, they couldn't even put the entire game together until two months before this game was formally released. And the reason that this was is because they originally wanted to start out on this, on a cartridge that was the same size as the original Sonic the Hedgehog, which was four megabits, which is not megabytes. It's a lot smaller than a megabyte. And that was not enough to contain the entire game on a cartridge. So they had to double the size of the ROM to eight megabits Uh, which is one megabyte, I think. And uh, then they could finally put the entirety of the game together so the game could work. Uh, So that blew my mind when I saw that. Uh, One level that was ultimately scrapped was called Genocide City. (laughs) And they decided during production to rename that level as Cyber City Uh. because for whatever reason, the Japanese developers didn't understand the negative connotations behind the word genocide so um i i don't know why but they did take a lot of the design concepts from cyber city slash genocide city whatever you want to call it and put the layout into metropolis zone and uh, now i understand why it got that yep, name that totally makes sense
1: now actually it yep. checks
0: out so they did understand the negative commentations <laughs> of the word uh speaking of cut content uh there Sonic the Hedgehog 2 was supposedly three times larger than what the final product was, and I really hope they had had a save battery if that was the case. If that's what they wanted to do, probably because that's what happened with Sonic 3. Uh, Yuji Naka just went through and started cutting content midway through development so they could get a holiday release, you know, for for the kiddos, so they could you know increase that you know bottom line for the fiscal year or whatever businesses do. I don't know. But yeah, it was supposed to be three times larger. And I guess like Yuji Naka was primarily responsible for cutting the game down to what it is. Still think there's too much there personally, mm. but uh, that's why we have the game as it is. And it could have been much larger. I guess one of the, as we said in the brief history, one of the most notable levels that was cut was in the Hidden Palace Zone, which one of the developers was actually one of the American developers that worked hard on it was really upset that it was cut, but it was actually restored in one of the remakes later in one of the uh, mid two thousands or maybe 2010 releases of the game that they put hidden palace zone back in one of the remakes. So eventually that level did come to light. I know there's a lot of rumors out there. I think there's a third level that's available. If you like do some code breaking slash hacking through game genie or whatever, Uh, that's just off the top of my head. I did not write that one down, but I know that there's a couple of hidden levels within the code of Sonic two. Uh, that's yeah, that, that they intended to put in and they just didn't. So, There are some fun facts for you, Shane. Well, thank you.
1: I I mean, I can't. Yeah, I can't even imagine this game being longer than it already is. Like, holy shit. Like, even if you had a save battery, it's just it's overstaying. It's welcome. Like, that's this is not the kind of game where you want to have. It's like the well, I mean, fucking spoilers for a future patron piece of content. But it's the same issue with like Shredder's Revenge. Like, you can have too much of a good thing. Like the game goes on for too yeah. long and this game already does that. I I can't even imagine what it was in its original form. So you imagine having 33 zones. Fuck me. No way, man. Like, uh, oof. I mean, you could have at least cut that up yeah. into, I mean, I, I suppose if they would have kept that stuff, they probably did or would have just cut that up into yeah. separate releases or something. Nowadays it would have been DLC.
0: Yeah. And people would have told you to buy it. It was a good value at $5. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah.
0: Even though it probably wasn't. I can imagine like all the acts were probably uh not all the acts, but all the zones were probably three acts like the first mm-hmm. one. And so they probably cut all those. And then you have to think of all the additional levels. So kind of makes sense. And that would also explain why all the zones have two acts. It's kind of <laughs> like for one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Except for Metropolis zone. Fuck you. Yuji Naka. You should have cut that <laughs> bastard. I guess this is the point where we move on and talk about whether this game holds up today.
1: Hmm. Indeed, I suppose it is. So
0: I guess I'll start this one off, and I will say, no, <laughs> it doesn't. Huh. I, I I was like, I I'll I'll even freely admit we have played worse games on this podcast where I've probably said barely yes or yes. I'll even say that. Mm. But I think that there's there's a reputation that comes with a game like sonic when everyone this is one of those things that people will tell you that this is a must-play genesis game for fans of the sega genesis me being a big fan of the sega genesis and talking to other people who will speak fondly of the genesis slash mega drive because i talk. we have an international audience and, and, and international networking group that we talk to and everyone will say sonic 2 is this great game and then i you go back and you play it and you realize how deeply flawed it is and how disappointing it is. And it has a lot of things that will convince you that maybe it's not as bad as what you're playing because it has great graphics. It has a great soundtrack. And when you're having fun, you're having fun, but it just doesn't overcome the fact that there's just too much. There's just too much intentional bullshit for the player to overcome. And it doesn't know what it wants to be. It's the controls are are inconsistent, and it just punishes you because it wants to. And that punishment's random. It's not even consistent. There's some RNG to the punishment or, or the things that push you in your way too. And when you get past the fact, you're looking at a very pretty, very good sounding game. It's it's a game at the end of the day that hates you for no reason, but will still tell you that this should be fun because it's iconic. And I'm here to tell you, it just doesn't hold up. I think Sonic 1 is the better experience compared to this all said and done at the end of the day. And I think if you want a game where you can spend time and memorize levels and, and get accomplishment out of Finding Secrets, Sonic 3 is better because you can save the game. It's too long. It overstays its welcome. It's too bullshit. And it has, it's everything wrong with 16 bit game design. It's everything wrong with it. Uh, it. It does not hold up in the modern era in the least. Stay away. Uh, unless you just want to see what the, the hype was about. And I guarantee, you know what? Some of you might even like it. Because you'll probably use save states. Because that's what we do. So if you want to play it, use save states. And I know that some people be like, well, I beat it when I was eight, bro. Okay, that's fine. I don't want to play Sonic 2 for an hour and a half to two hours. And I don't think you do either. I really don't think you do. So, no, it doesn't hold up today. Shane?
1: I mean, I I will readily admit that I used save states for this game and I still had the same thoughts that I had. So take that (laughs) as you will. I mean, to be fair, most of my save state abuse was around the Chaos Emerald levels because that shit's difficult. But right. Um, but anyway, does this game hold up? Uh, no, no, it doesn't. And to be perfectly honest, like, listen, I know I am sitting here with a co-host who is a professed fan of Sonic, particularly the first one. And also, I guess three and maybe CD. No, not CD. Okay, fine. One and watch your mouth. Let's at least say, (laughs) let's at least say that one and three, even with that, I, I still have to say, I just don't get it. I just don't understand why anyone likes Sonic it, just in general. Like, I I don't understand it. And I don't think I ever will, because if I, if I look at it, I'm like, OK, it, maybe it's a lack of options, right? Like it, maybe you're growing up. And you're the, you're the fucking polar opposite of me. You're, you're the nega Shane. Okay. Where you Mm. had nothing but Sega consoles and never saw a Nintendo in your whole damn life. Okay, fine. You don't have many other options. I guess maybe Sonic that's, that's the game for you. But when you compare it to anything else, like, okay, do you want a, a good platformer? Well, guess what? You fucking got Mario, or several other games that do platforming better than Sonic. All right, are you in it for the speed? Do you you wanna go fast? Great, there are a lot of other games that do that shit better too. I don't know, go fucking play F-Zero if you wanna have uh, the need for speed. I, I just don't get it, like who is this game for? That's I am baffled. I am baffled by this and I always have been, I don't understand it. Like, no, this game doesn't hold up. And I would argue that it wasn't even that particularly good back in the fucking day either. I think a lot of people were just mesmerized by how good it looked and how good it sounded. And that's fair. Like, I'm not gonna, you know, shoot anybody down for that. We, we were all there. We remember what it was like, you know, this shit was impressive. And, and technically it is impressive. I will give the game that a hundred percent. But when you look at it from a gameplay and game design perspective, it, it's a failure. And I, I don't, I can't say it any other way. Like there's the reason that I spent so much time thinking about this before we recorded this episode and had those specific examples to point this out of both level design and enemy design, because as far as I'm concerned, the game fails on both of those fronts on almost every occasion. It has moments, and I pointed those out, the ones that I think are shining examples of what this game could have done, but it chooses not to, and instead it rides this like middle line right down both of those sides, and all it accomplishes is mediocrity at best. And so outside of like the flash and the fanfare I just I don't get it. So so no, I don't I don't think it holds up. I I don't think Sonic 2 is a particularly great game and I'm sure I probably made some enemies there and frankly I don't care because by and large I actually think the Sonic franchise as a whole is a fucking joke. Like it's <laughs> wow it's it's the (laughs) wow it is the butt of so many jokes and with good reason sonic team has fucked almost every effort they have put out in who knows how long and it's not even a new occurrence because i don't think this game was that great either so there you go i have nothing else to say about it
0: if everyone wants to let shane know why sonic isn't bad you should say that he should play the original Bubsy. I mean, I did. It's. Oh, you, you, you still think Sonic is that you you think Sonic is worse?
1: I'm not going to say it's worse. OK, OK. I'm going to say I'm just saying that I don't think Sonic has ever been that good. I think oh, okay. there are always okay. better alternatives to whatever Sonic is trying to do. OK, you
0: went for the kill, dude. I, I brought a dagger. You brought like a. You brought a fucking machete jesus christ <laughs> i brought a you tactical brought in, like, an armory yeah <laughs> fucking hell dude you're like mutually assured destruction on this i just don't like sonic 2 that's wow okay
1: i just think sonic 2 it is is a perfect example of why i don't get why anyone likes sonic that's that's okay. all i'm saying yeah but you said you had fun i I did, but it was almost in spite of the game. Like, <laughs> that's, that's the thing is like, I, there were moments where like, I even said it even in our discord, if you're in our discord or if you're not, you should go in there. Quick plug. But like, yep. if you're, if you're in there, you saw it. I posted it in our currently playing channel where I was like, you know what? I gotta be honest. Sonic 2. It's all right. And you know why I said that? Because I had played it for like 20 minutes and I yeah. was like oh, yeah, you know what? This isn't too bad. Like, I'm actually kind of enjoying it. And then I put, you know, a a few hours into it and got through the whole thing. And I was like, yeah, no, no, this is, I take back everything I said. Like, are there moments? Sure. Yes, there are. There are moments where I'm like, you know what? I'm actually having a pretty decent time with this game. But it's, like I said, it's like in spite of itself. It's not actively providing a fun experience it like accidentally is enjoyable okay i
0: still like the sonic game i understand why you don't like sonic i do like sonic not this one but (laughs) (laughs) i guess that brings us to the end of the episode though so
1: i guess so i don't know it's 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 also for some people maybe that's the end of the show so it's it's fun i'm glad you were here hope you enjoyed your time yeah, <laughs>
0: if they if they left because we don't like Sonic, they, they left a long time ago. That's probably
1: true. Yeah, that's a good point.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, But guess what? Guess what? Sonic's part of Shane. I, I, I can't imagine what what would that be? The King of Games 1992 because it was oh, released shit. in 1992. Yes. And if you want to find out what happens to Sonic the Hedgehog, does it go far? Does it win? Does it get knocked out in the first round, second round, third round? Who knows? You have to go listen to the King Games 1992, which is only on Patreon for the time being. So if you want to listen to what's going on in the King of Games 1992, as it pertains to Sonic 2, you need to go over there and you can find our Patreon at Linktree slash Retro Hangover. That's Linktr.ee slash Retro Hangover. And for as little as one dollar, you can listen to those. They will all be available once they're all wrapped up on Patreon. But if you want to listen to them early head over there. And again, this is something we worked really hard on with a bunch of other podcasters and and some YouTubers, just some great content creators that I couldn't thank enough that participate in this. And uh, if you, if you want to show some appreciation, go listen to that and we would appreciate it as well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And speaking of that, that, that their old link tree Uh, If you happen to to mosey on over there, you might also notice that there are some other destinations available to you in in addition to that Patreon. So Mm -hmm. there is a merch store. We've got some some pretty sweet swag out there. If you want to pick some of that up and support the show in that fashion and look just really awesome for all of your family and in-laws and whatnot for the holiday season. That's, you know, clearly the best way to do it, I'm sure. So, you know, head on over there and check that out. We've also got our, our social media accounts where you can see uh, all of the stuff that Chris owns and takes cool pictures of because I don't have it any is. of that stuff. Yes, you do. I'll, I'll <laughs> occasionally, I'll jump in every once in a while where I'm like, oh, hey, look, I have a big box of this PC game. And that's the one thing that I'll contribute for like six months. <laughs> but there but there is something maybe sometimes. But also, we do have that Discord we mentioned. So if you're not in there, I, don't, I mean, like, I don't know what you're doing because you probably should be. It's it's a good time. Like we we have great conversations about video games, mostly video games, but we've got a bunch of other stuff. We got we got a sports channel. Even we can talk about sports. We you can post your your sweet food photos and make us all jealous of what you're eating. Um, there, there's a lot of good stuff. You can find out about games that are on sale. Our patron, uh, Rowdy Randall has his very own shill shack where he'll go and post game sales for everybody to check out. It's just, it's a good place to be. So if you're not, you, you should do that. We also exist on Twitch, uh, where we play video games once a week or sometimes more. If, if Chris is feeling, feeling ballsy, um, it's usually Mm. him. Other than that, we're going to be on there Sundays at nine. That's Eastern Time. So come on and hang out there too. We can chit chat about anything from what we're playing to uh, how buttholes tastes because that's the thing that happened, and we keep bringing it up. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you weren't there, you'll never know. So yeah. you got to you got to find out. Only I mean, only they on know. Twitch. There you go. I'm not
0: saying that you got it. You made a lot of assumptions there. I'm sure plenty of people that's, do.
1: That's a good point. I'm sure some of you probably do. I just don't. I mean, you could share that knowledge <laughs> at twitch.tv slash retro. Oh, fuck. All right. Uh, yeah, I think that's all the shilling I'm going to do. So I think we're done. I have nothing. Yeah. Okay, great. Chris has got nothing. So uh, with all of that being said, until next
0: time. Play with your if it has two tails, and if that two buttholes, two joysticks.
1: Shane here with a quick message. You know, the one rule Chris and I have always gone by regarding advertisements is this. It has to be something we use and can personally vouch for. If you know me, you know I love coffee. And Bones Coffee Company has been my go-to for home brewing for quite some time now. Their small batch beans come in an impressive variety of flavors like Mint Invaders from Chocolate Space or Electric Unicorn, which I swear tastes exactly like Fruity Pebbles. And the best part, no added sugar or calories involved, just natural flavors infused right into the beans themselves. Build your own sample pack of five four ounce bags to find out which flavors speak to you, or jump in head first with full 12 ounce bags They've even got K-Cups. Step up your homebrew game with Bones Coffee by visiting bit.ly slash RHP Bones. That's B-I-T slash R-H-P-B-O-N-E-S.